Pro tip, pack only a carry-on for the Hodge. Today on The World. I'm Marco Werman. Almost two million Muslims made the trip to Mecca this year for the Hajj. One of them was New York Times reporter Dia Hadid. I would describe myself as a total, like, Hajj rookie, um, <laughs> because I definitely overpacked for a pilgrimage. Also, amid the destruction in Syria, a group of volunteers called the White Helmets tries to save the wounded. A new documentary about them was made using footage gathered by the volunteers themselves. You know, certainly we've had to question ourselves about if there was a war like what's happened in Syria in New York or in London or where we are today in Toronto, whether or not we would do the same as these very brave individuals. Those stories and more today here on The World. Thanks for being here. It's Thursday, but in Saudi Arabia, it's not just any Thursday. It's the last day of the Hajj, that important pilgrimage to the Saudi city of Mecca. The Hajj is one of the five central pillars of the Islamic faith, and all Muslims are encouraged to do the pilgrimage at least once in their lives. Even for one skeptic, the spirituality of the journey is undeniable. What what has immediately struck me is after the Hajj, I want to be a better person, being mindful and being grateful and stepping outside of one's own self, uh, I think, to feel the energy of everything around us. One woman's experience on the Hajj, that's later on the world, but let's begin today in Syria. The ceasefire brokered by the U.S. and Russia seems to be holding in parts of the country. It's better news than we've heard in a while, but there are plenty of reasons to be concerned about the ceasefire succeeding in the long run. The world's Matthew Bell has the latest. First, the good news. Things have been relatively quiet in Syria, even in parts of Aleppo that have been through so much fighting in recent months. This free Syrian army fighter told Reuters that the truce was holding in Aleppo. People were leaving their shelters to go shopping, walk around, and even the kids came out to play. It's like we're reliving our childhood, he said, and getting a taste of our beautiful world. But this is still Syria, so there's bad news as well. United Nations officials said they have trucks loaded up with humanitarian supplies ready to go into besieged areas, but neither the Syrian government nor rebel groups have done their part to guarantee safe passage for the aid convoys. So one way of saying it is that grown, well-fed men still prevent us from coming to the real relief of civilians, women, children, wounded, in besieged and other areas. Jan Egland is the coordinator of the UN Humanitarian Task Force in Syria. He told the BBC today that things are getting even more desperate in places like Madaya, near Syria's border with Lebanon. People there are on the verge of starvation and they're facing a meningitis epidemic. Rebel-held parts of Aleppo are also in need of food and supplies. Eglin says the armed factions on the ground need to stop wasting time. What we had hoped was that the Russians and the Americans by now would have told the government and armed opposition groups that this is the way it should be and that we would have been had the access that we needed by now. This was all part of the ceasefire agreement. First, put a stop to the fighting. Next, open up humanitarian aid corridors, and then start working toward a negotiated solution. The worry now is that the whole process will stall, hostilities could resume at any time, and that would put a quick end to hopes for a longer-term truce in Syria. For The World, I'm Matthew Bell. 
The ceasefire has also provided a break for serious first responders. In rebel-held areas, they're known as the White Helmets. They're teams of volunteers who rush in to search for survivors after airstrikes destroy buildings and neighborhoods. Civilians in those areas have nobody else to turn to. It's not like they can pick up a phone when a bomb goes and an ambulance comes or a fire engine comes. That's Joanna Notasagara. She's the producer of a new Netflix documentary called The White Helmets. Orlando von Einsiedel directed the film. He joined me as well. Because it's so dangerous to work inside Syria, the filmmakers conducted their interviews across the Syrian border in Turkey during White Helmet training sessions. But the most dramatic footage in the documentary, von Einsiedel says, are the scenes the first responders filmed themselves in Aleppo with a broadcast-quality camera the filmmakers loaned them. They film all of their their rescue work, and we collaborated with them on this. We shot in Turkey, and they shared the footage that they'd been gathering inside Syria. So you gave them the cameras. They shot these scenes.